Hi, I'm Cody Alexander of Mash Quarters. Welcome to another episode of the Art of X show. Today we're talking about three camp coverages for this fall. One thing that I really enjoy about the start of fall camp in this time of the year is that everybody's kind of getting amped up to start, right? We're, we're getting the schedules together. We're putting things together for our kids. What is the processing going to be? And even for fans, it's kind of like, hey, what is my team going to, going to add in this year? What are we going to look like uh, this year? So what I'm going to do today is kind of highlight three coverage concepts that I really thought this fall, hey, these are some things that we need to be looking for, or hey, maybe we need to put this in to find some answers for things that we're seeing. So Swiss Army knife your defense. That's what the modern defense needs to be. It needs to be able to have multiple tools. You can't just be one thing. You can't just be a hammer all the time. Uh, sometimes you need to be a scalpel. Sometimes you need uh, to be a butcher's knife. So it just depends on what you need. So a modern defense needs to have some sort of a layering of scheme, needs to have multiple tools to answer multiple problems. Because even at the higher levels, each week is going to look a little bit different than the other. Uh, people are going to start taking advantage of some of the personnel on the defense or a tendency that you may have within the coverage system or a pressure uh, system that you have. So every scheme needs layers and you need to have multiple tools to answer problems with. Static defenses will get you beat. I think we're now to the point where everybody kind of understands that if I just line up in a, in a regular odd front, uh, three, four, uh, cover one defense, or if I am a four, two, five split field defense, and that's all I do, I don't do anything else that you're going to end up with problems. People are now have answers. Uh, with the proliferation of information through the internet, people have access to multiple uh, different systems from multiple different people. You have tons of different, almost too much information on the internet. And now with everybody being relatively connected through social media, it's not hard to, to kind of reach out to somebody or to see something new. I believe in what's called passive pressure. And this is something that has been coming up really for the past couple of years with kind of the popularity of simulated pressures and creepers. These are what I call passive pressures, right? Or Orange Barger, who's kind of the godfather of the fire zone, he would call them safe pressures because you're only sending five. You still have relative coverage stability in the back. You have most of your guys there. What we're seeing now in the modern age is that, that these spread offenses have gotten so well at creating space and taking advantage of it that you, you need a seven-man distribution at almost all times and on all downs, right, from first down all the way through third down. So creating these passive pressures, uh, and I'm a big guy on wordplay, um, that hey, we're not necessarily – going to all out blitz uh, every every time and kind of force the issue every time. I think when you are a lot better than your opponent, that's an easy way to kind of you know kill them fast. Uh, but most of the time with everybody kind of being equal, how, how do you kind of create that scalpel, right? That pinpoint pressure that you need while keeping that seven man distribution. Uh, access to different looks and tweaks to, to scheme can be an advantage. Looking different each week, but not changing the wholesale scheme. I think that's kind of that fine line of I want to create doubt within the offense that I'm facing, but at the same time, I can't just put in a whole new defense every week. It's not like we have time. Uh, you go to college and they have less time. You have the NFL and they have less time. So what we're seeing is from the from every level of football is that you are kind of getting less time to teach these things 
So how are you going to be multiple? How are you going to be flexible? Adjustments uh, to looks is a, is a great way to do this, but players don't need a new scheme. Like I just said, we don't need a wholesale change every time that we're going to do things. So let's talk about applying passive pressure. What is it? Any scheme that changes a look or adds pressure without adding more than four rushers. That's what a, a passive pressure is. That's what I consider a passive pressure. That's a simulated pressure. Uh, and it could be where you show presentation uh, or you can have it be an off-ball uh, simulated pressure. Anytime you're going to add pressure, okay, but you're still only going to rush four, I consider that passive pressure. Best examples, creepers and sims. They have become so popular over the past few years, um, whether you're a three-down team or a four-down team, being able to get into these, these creepers and sims and being able to pinpoint attack the offense, attempt to create a, a numbers advantage by keeping the running back in. These are all things that people have been talking about and, and kind of an increasing opportunity for defenses to kind of put it back on the offense. Can also be tweaks and coverages to change the look for the QB. That's kind of what we're talking about today. How can I tweak some different things within the way that I line up in the secondary or how we run our secondary to change the look for the QB or to counter some things that the offensive coordinator is trying to run? Coverage dictates everything. Modern defenses can solve most problems through coverage. I've always argued that. Whether it's putting an extra guy in, into the box to flood the numbers in the box for it to stop the run, whether it's uh, some sort of uh, playing a too high scheme but uh, shifting to middle of the field close uh, post snap to change the picture for the quarterback. All problems can mostly be solved by coverage. You're seeing too where a lot of these teams, uh, these elite teams at the higher level aren't necessarily blitzing more. They're changing their coverage looks. They're running maybe uh, more creepers and sims, but they're not necessarily sitting there uh, and saying, hey, look, our answer is to just wholesale blitz. Uh, though run fits are still important, structure is key within that. And I think everybody kind of understands that. At the high school level, running the football is still important. You still have to be able to run the football, and you still have to be able to stop the run. At the college level and the NFL level, it's not necessarily as important. It's about stopping the pass, especially on early downs. Those have kind of been the trends in the past couple of years of, hey, we're seeing more passes on early downs. How can we apply pressure while also keeping coverage and integrity? And this is what I call the defense paradox. The better the run defense, the better the coverage. Uh, and kind of Kirby Smart alluded to it a couple of years ago when he talked about how, in a couple of his clinics about how in order to have great coverage, you have to be able to stop the run. But in able to stop, in have great coverage, you have to be able to stop the run with less in the box. So it's like that constant paradox of, okay, how are we going to have this light box to be able to stop the run? But we also have to have a, a kind of a maxed out secondary in a seven man distribution. And that is the defensive paradox. Now you can do it with players and that's kind of what Georgia did. Georgia just had better defensive linemen than anybody else in the country. Uh, they had great box backers that, that they could use within their blitzes. And then it kind of uh, alleviated some of the pressure for that secondary. And so they just had an elite defense because they had elite players. But what do you do when you don't have that, those elite players is that you have to start changing the looks. You have to be creative within the way uh, that you do some things. And so this is what we're talking about today with, hey, how can I keep my box structure the same, but maybe tweak some things on the back end? Football is a pass-first game, and it's just ever increasingly at the high school level. It is a pass-first game at the college level, and it is definitely a pass-first game at the NFL level. Passing even at the high school level is more efficient than ever. Analytics shows us that, the, that running the ball is less efficient. Well, if we know that it's less efficient, we're not just going to constantly be doing something that's not going to win us 
most games. So you're going to kind of amp up how you're passing. Uh, even, even programs that are wing T that are flex bone are trying to kind of mesh in these modern passing structures, these RPOs, these play action passes uh, to kind of create uh, kind of these, Hey, we are an old, you know, quote unquote, old school offense, but we have some of these new school techniques because we need them in order to take advantage of some of the things that we're seeing. It's a QB led game. The adoption of seven on seven from, uh, uh, at, the, at the high school level, all that is done is created an explosion in better quarterbacks. Now, I, I know the argument, and this is not the time and place for it, of a seven-on-seven seven versus football, but if you're passing all the time and you're working on timing, you're working on routes, you're working on reading coverages, uh, and you're kind of doing that uh, all the time, you're going to get better at it in the fall, even if there is pressure, right? You, you've kind of seen those things over and over. Also, the modern modern rules all attribute to a pass first game. Okay, in the NFL, you, you can't touch a receiver after five yards. Some of the things in, in the co- at the college level with pass interference and even at the high school level of what they're what they're looking at, uh, it just makes it a pass first game. Defensively applying pressure with the back end is now critical because you have to be able to keep your box structure. Okay, you don't want to just wholesale blitz into thing and create space because now quarterbacks and offensive coordinators have now created ways to attack you through RPOs and play action passes into those spaces, constrained space and no gifts. We don't want to give up obvious areas of the field where the offense can attack us. That's the whole point of, of defense, and that's really what makes great defenses. Three coverages that we're going to look at, we're going to look at steel coverage variations uh, from Michigan, we're going to look at a zero eyes in the red zone from the Dolphins, and we're going to look at bracket to the boundary uh, from the Baylor Bears. Let's talk first about steel coverage, split field coverage concept that literally does what its name says. It's going to steal the backside safety away from the backside coverage. It's a derivative of poach concept that you see a lot of times in uh, solo coverage, which is a, which is a trips coverage or a, a tight end, tight end to receiver coverage. I call that tray. Uh, it's also really good uh, in split field coverage against two back with a Y, y uh, in a C. Uh, and you can kind of use it to move that and manipulate that safety into different areas or really into the middle of the field. And I've always argued this, and I've, and I've had coaches ask me throughout the years, hey, why don't you run uh, cover, you know, quarters coverage and cover three? And, and really, this is part of it is that I kind of use a steel concept or a way of, of teaching the backside safety within our base coverage to kind of steal the middle of the field uh, when we need it. Uh, so that somebody's always going to close the middle of the field. I think Dave Aranda has been one of those, you know, with Fox the Post. Um, he, he talks about how you can be in a too high shell and be able to close the middle of the field with that backside safety. It's great versus three by one formations or when a tight end is a non, non-threatened two by two because you can kind of play that safety from the table, and if, which means he can play high and you can move him into the middle of the field. It's a crossing route killer and it's what it was designed for. Steel coverage, first time I saw it, I saw it in a playbook uh, from Gary Patterson where he would take the backside safety and he would move them into the middle of the field to collect those over routes that you're seeing from air raid teams, whether it be uh, what I call a divide, which means it's just a, a vertical kind of bender going into the middle of the field, a mills concept that was popularized 
uh, by Spurrier at Florida, which is a post and a dig uh, or a post and a bender, or even some of the, the, the big 12 that I remember when I was working at Baylor, a, a true double post, which is kind of like a real skinny post on the outside. And then a true post attacking the middle of the field uh, from the inside receiver. Well, how do you kind of get, get that? Cause in, in true quarters coverage, if I run a double post or I run a mills concept, a lot of time you're reading that safety and that front side safety nails down on that dig because it's a vertical route. It went over the overhang, right? OVO. So I've got to nail down on it. Well, that exposes that corner on that, on that deep, on that deep uh, post route. So how do we kind of get that perfect mix of where I can keep that front safety high and then I can steal from the backside? Well, there you go. I just gave it to you. It's steel coverage. So uh, that's kind of what it was designed for air raid killer. I think we have air raid schemes uh, over and over that are, that are kind of proliferating and half proliferated and the spread is the spread is one. So we're, we're getting a lot of these schemes at different levels and they're all kind of the same scheme. So how do we kill these crossing routes? And you do this with steel coverage. It allows, like I said, mentioned earlier, it allows that free safety to stay high in coverage, which eliminates those post routes from the number one. Uh, and it really helps that alleviate a lot of problems for your field corn. Here's a great example of a divide route and what steel coverage looks like. So you can you can see here visually we have we have a, a split back look. It's two by one. We're going to get verticals on the outside and we're going to kind of get kind of a, a climb post. Uh, bender into the middle of the field. What it allows you to do is the corners are going to take the vertical routes. I think everybody kind of understands that. I've kind of uh, alluded to it before the way that I teach it. Look, the corner signed up for this, right? They signed up to play fade routes. That's what we're playing on the outside. Fade routes also a low percentage throw. So a lot of times the defense isn't necessary. I mean, the offense isn't necessarily trying to attack you on the outside. They're just trying to clear space so, or manipulate your safety so that they'll come off. Uh, what what this does is that that boundary safety is going to just kind of sift into the middle of the field anything that works into the middle of the field he's going to clamp down on and that's what we call steel that field safety is just allowed to kind of what I say what I use the technique is sway on the hash he's just going to sit on the hash he's going to read the quarterback's eyes and then he's going to attack uh, any vertical route um, and so that's kind of where we get this steel concept from let's talk about zero eyes okay zero eyes is really a man concept but the safeties are going to play with eyes coverage from the table so they're going to be deep they're going to play from the table, meaning that they're going to play with their heels on the goal line. This is a great coverage when you're kind of in that no man's land of like uh, 15 to, a, to 10, where it's not necessarily a goal line. Right, but it's not necessarily uh, high red either. It's in that middle area, and those safeties can are now allowed to sit on that goal line. It's a man match concept, meaning that once the men switch, we're playing man on them, right? So if we do get some sort of a rub route or we do get some sort of a high low scheme, we're going to play those high lows. The safeties are going to be the low, and the corners are going to be the high. True man can allow the offense to pick DBs. So if you are playing a bunch of man in the red zone you're gonna get a lot of rub routes you're gonna get a lot of reductions you're gonna get a lot of dirty bunches to try and, and dirty what i call dirty formations dirty stacks they're gonna kind of they're not gonna necessarily get them in stacks 
so that you you check into some sort of a banjo or a man match concept they're going to kind of sit there get you in man and then you're going to get pick routes miami paired this coverage with what i what i call their tag pressure i've talked about it multiple times where it's a six to seven man presentation up front and off of the slide they're going to get the two interior guys uh, popping out in, into the, those hot areas, reading the quarterback. The, so essentially what you're going to get is you're going to get man coverage on the outside or what I call mod, right? Off man, man outside and deep uh, with the corners. You're going to get the safeties and you're going to get the pop outs with eyes coverage. The, the eyes coverage is really for anything underneath that's breaking in. Okay, you just want to get in the quarterback's vision. The safeties are then going to sit right on on the goal line and they're just going to nail down on any route concept that breaks inside or that goes low and they're just going to nail down on it with eyes to the quarterback safeties can squat on the goal line and then they play the eyes of the quarterback that's why it's called eyes coverage um it's not hot coverage kind of that's the other term for it hot coverage so we're not playing two under with three deep we're really truly playing four across on on the on the secondary and then we're nailing down on on anything coming from inside with the safeties and anything outside with the corners uh and so to me this is a great meshing of we're gonna play zero coverage but we're gonna do it with rules and we know a lot of times we're gonna get some in breaking routes so we're gonna get tight when we look give this presentation right this six six oh or seven oh presentation we know what we're going to get from the offense we're going to get reductions we're going to get motions we're going to get and try this and this is exactly what the jets did they got them in a real tight alignment and then they ran some high low uh one thing if you don't if it's not necessarily easy for the offense to pick you they're going to run these high low concepts where they're going to send somebody deep and they're going to squat somebody low and try and get that quarterback to just kind of get at both both of them high get get it that ball and then let the ball carry kind of run to the end zone visually for you what what the jets ended up doing is on the left hand side they ran kind of like a double dig mills concept and to the other side they just kind of ran a curl wheel right so to the defense's left we're getting a curl wheel to the defense is right. We're getting this, this kind of this Mills concept. Well, the pop outs are going to get in the way of that dig, that, that underneath dig coming into the middle of the field. Both safeties are going to nail down on the underneath routes. Right. So what you get is this layering concept where you have on, on the mill side, you're going to have the corner on top, of the outside receiver. You're gonna have the safety in between this kind of bender dig versus the actual flat dig that's uh, meant to suck that safety up. So he's in the middle. Then you have the pop out players who are underneath of that low dig. So you have a low an intermediate and a cap defender all on the defense, all created by man coverage to the, to the curl wheel side, the safety triggers down the moment that he sees that receiver sit thinking that, that, okay, here we go. That the, the, the quarter quarterback's going to get the ball out and he actually beats the receiver on the curl. Well, you can't throw that that's covered in the corner who's staying high because he's not nailing down on anything. That's not his job. He's the cap defender in this man match, this kind of zero eyes concept just stays high. And as the wheel, as the wheel projects and it progresses and it, and it works into the goal line, he, he collects it because he's patient and he's sitting on the goal line. The, the, 
the point here in the red zone is, is that everybody needs to be on the goal line and you have to be carried in. You have to put your heels on the goal line. You have to dig in and you have to be patient. The safeties are aggressive to nail down on anything. And then the corners are patient overlapping on anything that goes vertical. And so what you get again is this layering concept of low, intermediate and cap. And you all have created this from a man coverage, right? And a great concept in tag, which I will make sure to link that the article for for you uh, in the in the show notes. Finally, bracket to the boundary. Most coaches only play bracket to the field. In fact, if you talk to anybody that plays bracket, most of them are like, oh, no, you can't play bracket to the boundary, a majority of them. But there is a way to do it, and there is a way to teach it from your quarters that you already have in your too high scheme. Inside leverage of quarters and cover two can cause issues into the boundary. You can, and we've, we've all done it. Anybody that's played ran quarters enough, you know that they, you met a team that has played some sort of scheme with where they're either running kind of a, a curl out, uh, they're running these fake bubbles, they're trying to get that whole shot into the boundary because it's a quick throw for the quarterback. It's not very far. That corner nails down on it. Uh, the safety's too high because he's coming off the hash. Again, it's a quick throw, so the safety doesn't have time uh, to react to it uh, so we've all had issues with that the other thing too is that you have angles right you if you have your overhang inside that slot receiver he has an angle on on your overhang and just creates an easy way for the offense to kind of do some different things and run actions or even screens within within the boundary placing the overhang outside of the receiver forces the issue early right it forces that receiver to really if you're going to block we're going to play on your rules. You're going to have to literally turn out to me. So right now it, it allows that safety to see, oh, he turned out to that guy. His hands are up. His eyes are engaged. Okay, now I can come hammered down uh, into, that, into that crease area and allow that the overhang to play in this. It also is a great way to kind of bang the buzz on that, right? He's going to work through the receiver, constraining the space, forcing the issue on that receiver. Also, if you're going to get any kind of horizontal screen or you're getting any horizontal movement, you're already outside leverage to see that at the very beginning of the play. And so you have that leverage and it allows that him, him to kind of what I call cough, right? Curl over flat to sit in that area. So if they are trying to get some benders, they are trying to get some curls into the boundary. You've already got that. Baylor did a great job of this all year year where even in their regular even in their regular defense if they put the nickel to the boundary or you get formation into the boundary where they would kind of play that guy outside in and really force the issue and I think it's a way and it's kind of an out-of-the-box way of thinking um, hey we can play some of these bracket rules now it doesn't fit like a true cone to the field you're, you're not get because the space is constrained but to have that kind of dominant presence on top of that slot and really working through him and banging him, knowing that he's got a safety kind of on top of that receiver, it just opens up a lot for the defense and it kind of get it forces the issue for that receiver or whether he's going to block or whether he's not going to. So outside leverage for screens and outs, you've got him working through the, the receiver to constrain that space. One of the big things that you see on these overhangs is those little snag routes where he, you're going to get work, you're going to work vertical off of a play action. So you have that wall two player kind of working back into the box because he's got play action. You don't have a push out. So the corner's not triggering. So you just have this kind of fake fade that runs vertical. And then they just sit that snag in there on an option route. And he just has to turn away from the overhang. Well, if I align him on top of that guy, 
that five yard snag route, I have it. I have a defender that my overhang working through that, and he's going to be right in the way. He's going to bang that guy right at about five to six yards where he would sit anyway. Where's he going to go? In uh, lining him up on top, if I'm already working through that receiver and you run a slant route, now the safety triggers down on it. Uh, and, and again, constrained space most of the time. Uh, you're not going to find an offensive coordinator who's going to be trying to hit the the number two receiver into the boundary. Um, on a slant route because the mic's sitting right there uh, and you've got, you've got, it's just not a lot of space for that to work. So it just kind of really, it, it's, it's a very unique way. Uh, Baylor does this. Uh, a great example of this would be to watch the old Miss game uh, where they were in and they did it from their dime package. And it, it really did numbers for them. And it was an easy tweak of coverage. It was an easy way to play their split field coverage and to kind of get that against those 10 personnel two by two sets. So let's wrap up real quick. Coverage tweaks are a great way to apply passive pressure. Modern defense needs to apply pressure without sacrificing coverage. I think that, that to me, that's clear, right? These are, these are kind of rules of the game now. Slight adjustments over wholesale changes, okay? Don't change your defense week to week. Hey, how can we, what we already have in our pedagogy, what we already have within our processes, how can we tweak that to create an answer for what we're seeing this week or to change a look for maybe you have, you're looking at a really good quarterback or they have the, the team that's playing has a really good offensive coordinator. How can we steal some of these things uh, to kind of apply pressure to the front side of this coverage and load the coverage when we, we don't necessarily have that, that in our split field coverage. Too high shell to me lends more adaptability. If I have, it's easier, and I've always argued this, it's easier to play down than it is to play back. So if I can play from a too high shell, and I, I think you're seeing this at the NFL level. I think you're seeing it more at the college level as well. Um, if I can get my safeties to look static at the at pre-snap and then I can move into them, they have the advantage of leverage, right? They have vision. They can look at where they're going. I think also applying a four-down rush, I think that's why you're seeing kind of the four-down line come back. That doesn't necessarily mean people that are playing even spacing. That's what those creepers and sims are for. It's changing the looks, okay? We're playing a four-down. You think we're in even spacing, and then we're inserting somebody to create odd spacing, or we're playing what I call reductions, where you're kind of lagging to one side, depending on what you want with the, with the uh, up front and where, where you want to attack the back, or you want to attack the tight end. Uh, so these are all different ways that you can do that, all within staying in base. You're, you're playing a four-down rush, you're playing a seven-man distribution in the back. So these are three things that I would look forward to install in camp. Again, I will have the in the show notes, I'll have links to the article uh, so that you can you can see the, the visual part of these. Uh, thanks for joining me today. Make sure to uh, subscribe to the Substack. Uh, any article you need or any template you need for fall, you can find that at matchquarters.com. Follow me on Twitter. Follow the hashtag Art of X and that QR code gets you to the books. So I appreciate you all. Thanks for joining me today.